Alright, hello everybody. Welcome to another edition of the Lone Star Under the Rising Sun podcast. Today, we're going to talk about a few different things. Uh, no guest, no guest today, uh, but there's a lot to talk about. The, uh, there's been a lot of recent news that's been happening over here in Japan. Uh, right now is, well, let's just say in a little less than one month, Japan will enter a new era. So, to those unfamiliar with the way uh, Japan, the Japanese calendar is, they they kind of split the uh, they kind of split every the calendar up into eras, different eras. So, um, there's there's too many to really list all of them here. But just since the uh, the modern era or the modern times have started uh, after they escaped the medieval period and you know uh, became modernized uh, there have been only a few eras it started with Meiji the Meiji era which came after Edo uh, after Meiji was Taisho then there was Showa which lasted most of the 20th century so I think a little bit before World War II, all of World War II, and all the way up to 1989. And then from 1989 until this year is the Heisei era. And starting on uh, May 1st of this year, there will be a new era. So the this is the first time, though, that the era is changing from a voluntary step down. So the Japanese emperor will step down he's still alive but he will step down and he will give up his throne to his son and this is the first time this has happened in about i think 200 years so it's it's a pretty historical event and the new era is called lewa rewa yeah um it's pretty much means like beautiful harmony or beautiful peace uh, orderly peace, you know, there's there's a few interpretations, but I think the way the government wants it interpreted is um, beautiful harmony. I, I mean, that's that's just kind of the um, one of the uh, translations that it is. Anyway, it's a pretty historical time for Japan uh, because, like I said, this is, you know, it's been 31 years since uh, Heisei started. And this is the first time in, uh, I think, 200 years that a um, that a Japanese emperor has stepped down. So, uh, and of course, it's all over the, the news media here. Um, I've already seen just tons and tons of, you know, sale, you know, like uh, shops having, you know, end of the era sale and, and all this stuff. So it's... Uh, it's really permeated throughout the uh, the culture here just within one less than a week since the announcement of the new era's name and uh, you know a lot of people for for Japan you know uh, young and old and even you know foreigners who live here it's it's kind of a it's a neat time because we're we're living in a part of history and in it's not a negative part of history it's 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 kind of has this sort of uh, good, positive 
feeling about it. So everyone's uh, everyone's a little excited. Everyone's a little happy, and um, that's that's the good news. Um, Rewa will be here in less than a month, and because of that, the Golden Week holiday, which is usually uh, you know a certain about five or six set holidays, sometimes not consecutive. Um, instead of those four or five holidays, they're giving two extra holidays to where the weekends and the normal Golden Week holidays all connect together for 10 consecutive days off. So this is one of the longest stretches of vacation that a lot of people have. Now, now not everyone gets the vacation time uh, for these 10 days, but a lot of people do. And it's, uh, it's described as a sort of special, you know, of course it's a special event, but the, the travel, uh, the amount of, like, Golden Week is normally a busy travel season in Japan anyway, but this one, because it's a 10-day consecutive holiday stretch, man, oh man, there's um, good luck trying to book any, any travel accommodations uh, in the ne- pretty much for the next month because the uh, the cost is pretty high. Uh, I had actually planned on traveling somewhere out of Japan during these 10 days, but the the cost of air travel even even within Japan air travel within Japan is is pretty high so I've taken this opportunity now because it's a, a dawning of a new era in Japan and there are many places that I have not visited yet in Japan I've decided uh, I'll take advantage of that and try and see these places to the best of my ability um, whatever the cost, because, you know, it's a once in a lifetime, pretty much once in a lifetime, or maybe twice in a lifetime, depending, um, event. So there are certain places I haven't been to in Japan in the 10 plus years I've been here. So I might as well take advantage of the opportunity and have a good time. See parts of the country that I haven't seen before. So that's good. Um, but it's not only uh, a new season, or sorry, it's not only a new era, but it's a dawning of a new season, really. Uh, spring has started, and it is flower cherry blossom viewing season, hanami season. And I think today is probably, for at least uh, where I live, it's probably the last official Hanami day. Um, all the flowers are in full bloom now. This weekend, uh, the parks have been full of people because um, where I'm at now, all the flowers are in full bloom. Uh, they're a little bit later this, this year because of the cold, but this weekend's weather was phenomenal. Very warm, very sunny, full bloom flowers. So it, it's probably been the best weather for flower viewing Um in years, in, in, in literal years. So there's, everyone is out today. Um, just, I didn't even bother driving around because I live close to a park and it's just, there's too much human traffic around that. I mean, you can't really even drive in the street. It's, it's just that crowded. 
but of course I've had my fill it, for me it only takes one day of uh, drinking underneath the uh, the cherry blossoms to really get the full effect so I've done that taking a lot of nice photos and today I, I kind of walked through the park a little bit but I didn't uh, it was just um, you I usually <laughs> I, I used it as a shortcut to get to a shop I was going to so uh, I didn't really stop and look at the the flowers that much and and everything but um, this time of the year for me I always enjoy this time of the year because the weather's getting warmer the days are longer that means summertime which is my favorite season and Japanese summers while very hot and humid um, for me it, it's the best time of the year I love it um, it's just everything is alive everything's green uh, you can go anywhere. I like hiking. I like traveling. Uh, it's a best time to do that. The the bugs are out, which you know, yeah, mosquitoes and bugs are annoying, but they're just the noise. It just sounds like everything is alive, and there's lots of festivals, outdoor festivals. So summer, spring, and summer for me are some of the best times in Japan. And finishing off with fall, which has beautiful fall leaves. So. Um, I'm excited. It's uh, it's a nice time of the year. But also, this time of the year is election season. And whichever country you're in, election season, you know, politicians have their own way of advertising their campaigns and getting the word out for what they want to do. In America, the most common form is TV commercials. You know, they'll attack their opponent with this, or they'll talk about their platform, whatever, using TV commercials or yard signs or whatever, right? In Japan, they're, for me, it's a bit more of an annoying um, aspect of, of, of Japan is how the politicians advertise their campaigns. Um, the biggest, most annoying thing is they'll drive around in vans with loudspeakers driving all around the city with a pretty much like four or five bullhorns on top of the van just shouting their campaign slogans and vote for me vote for us and and whatnot and that in itself is okay yeah it's fine but they do it at all hours of the day except nighttime really which thank god they don't but I swear, maybe uh, yesterday morning, about 7.30 in the morning, still trying to sleep, it's my weekend, and I'm woken up by a, a loud campaign van that's rolling through the neighborhood, blaring as loud as they possibly can to please vote for us, and it's, you know, it's a weekend, and people are trying to sleep in, you know, it's the probably the one or two days that people can sleep in a little bit and they're blaring these awful, awful noises out of these uh, campaign trucks, right? And, you know, unfortunately, it, it has, I think it has the opposite effect of what they're trying to, trying to accomplish. They want you to vote for them, but you go you know, through people's neighborhoods blaring this loud, obnoxious thing from a, you know, noise from a campaign van, 
at all hours of the day, in my opinion, that, that just turns people off. I, I don't know anyone who likes this format of advertising for campaigns. You know, um, other foreigners I talk to, other Japanese I talk to, no one enjoys it. They all think it's annoying and it's too loud and it's too noisy and it's very distracting. And to be honest with you, I don't know who it persuades. How, why, I don't know how it's effective at all. At all. I'm not sure who is uh, persuaded by this other than other than driving people away from that certain candidate you know so um, to me I think they need to change their strategy if they're gonna try and persuade people this way um, another way which is more it's it's more the same it's still with the bullhorn it's still with the the shouting and the campaigns but it's more centralized localized which I can understand They'll pick a, a fairly public spot where a lot of people travel and the politician themselves will be there and they'll like stand on top of the van with a bullhorn and they'll they'll talk to people and everything and that's I understand that that's fine that's like a normal campaign rally fine whatever at least it's centralized and people don't have are, are not like forced to hear it in their own homes right so and um I don't really think Japan's caught on to the TV campaigns either. Um, I'm not sure why, but uh, yeah, political posters are everywhere. Elections are coming soon. I'm just hoping it'll be over with quickly so I can get some sleep in the morning. But uh, yeah, the um, the new new season, new campaign season, unfortunately, as well as the dawning of a new uh, era for Japan which is uh, like I said it's very very historical very historical so um, the current emperor is in his late 80s I think he's 89 stepping down he's not necessarily in ill health but he's uh, he's getting up there in age and I think he just realizes that you know he, he doesn't have a lot of time left and to fulfill whatever duties that he actually has because right now the Japanese emperor is just more of a like a, a name uh, you know he doesn't really have any real power uh, that's all in the uh, the, the the local or say the local government the uh, the prime minister and the Japanese diet and all that that's where the real power lies but I guess uh, in name the Japanese emperor is still the leader of the country culturally probably anyway he's stepping down and he's giving control to his oldest son who is 59 59 so he, he's still relatively young he's not he's I mean he's not a spring chicken to use that term I'm sure you uh, you appreciate that um, he's not a spring chicken but he's still relatively young he's younger than a lot of other uh, monarchs and world leaders and in everything so people are thinking or people are hoping that he will be you know, in for at least as long as his father was. But, you know, I'm not Japanese, and I come from a country that doesn't have any royalty. In fact, we were founded on the basis of being anti-royal. Like, we, we, we do not like royalty. We're, we value freedom from any sort of monarch, right? So, that's where... 
my opinion on the matter comes in. I, I think the system of having an emperor or having even any sort of royalty at all is outdated and, and unnecessary. Why would you continue in, in the modern age with such things um, if they have no real impact, you know? I mean, you could say, yeah, tradition, culture, all that, yeah, that's fine, but, you know, what, what do they actually bring to the culture? Not much, you know? I mean, I don't, I've never been to uh, the UK or any other um, uh, country that has um, royalty. Oh, I'll take that back. I've been to Thailand, which the actual king does have power there. Uh, so that's a bit different. But I'm talking about in, in modern democratic societies that still have monarchs as head of state, there's no point. They're, they're useless. They're figureheads. They're, they're, there's just no point in having these people that are in some sort of higher status than the rest of the people just for the fact that they were born into a family that um, that once ruled the country. Which, if you know anything about the history of Japan, the emperor really hasn't had full control over the government except for a few times in the history of of of, uh, of Japan it's mostly been uh, before the modern era it was mostly the shoguns the generals the army generals that really controlled different aspects of the government and of course the emperor was a figurehead uh, now there were some times where the emperor was put on a, a godlike state status and uh, they they had full control of the government. But if you look at the entire history of Japan, the the time that the emperor has actually controlled the country is is very very small, very very small. So the you know, and at this point in this modern day and age, there's just no point in having an emperor. But um, in Japan, people seem to not really mind having him around. Um, it's he's not really a common topic of everyday speech or everyday uh, conversation so it's just like he's just there he's just there he's just part of the culture you know just like other parts of the culture don't really change over time neither does this uh, the there's a there's an emperor in, sitting on the throne you know the chrysanthemum throne as it's called so oh well I mean We'll see how long this lasts. Maybe this might be the last official um, monarch era. Who knows? Who knows? Thing is, I don't care. My life won't change much anymore. But if it brings an overall positive feeling to people's everyday lives, then why not? You know, I mean, it doesn't really hurt anything, I guess. Uh, but I suspect in... Um, I could be wrong, but I suspect a lot of the tax money that people pay here go to these people. For whatever reason, they they live off the money of the the normal everyday person. That I don't agree with. I you know if I'm forced to pay any taxes, which in any government or any nation you live in, you have to pay taxes. Unfortunately, um, 
I would like it to go to something that's useful and not just propping up the lives of these people who don't really do anything. You know, that's that's probably my biggest complaint with royalty is they live off the backs of the, the everyday person and there's just no point to having them around. Um, if I'm going to be forced to give part of my money to the government, at least put it towards something that's productive for society, not give it to pretty much, okay, pretty much royal, all royalty in this day and age, uh, in a democratic nation, all royalty are freeloaders. They're, they're, they're on the welfare of the people, you know, so um, that's why I really disagree with them. But I can't change that fact. So all I can do is complain about it. And uh, I don't really like complaining too much, so I'll kind of stop on that. But less than a month, Heisei will end and Reiwa will begin. Hopefully this does bring a beautiful peace and a beautiful harmony to Japan. But I suspect, judging by how the Prime Minister Shinzo Abe is trying to change the constitution here, he will probably push even more so now to uh, secure a change in the Japanese constitution to reinstate the Japanese army. So right now Japan has a, uh, a self-defense force so it's officially a pacifist nation but they have a, a self-defense force which they um, they train soldiers to um, you know everything that a normal soldier would in an army but Japan just doesn't engage in active military conflict across the world. They send peacekeeping uh, soldiers to different parts of the world which help with aid and whatnot, which if you're going to have any form of army, it to me that's the best scenario you got is um, people that don't engage in actual armed conflict but actually go to help other nations. But if I had to choose, I'd still say we don't need them. Don't need them at all. Uh, all you need is someone to pr protect the people that are living in living in, on the land that they live on. And I think uh, you don't really even need that. You, I mean, people can defend themselves just as easily uh, if they had the, the means to, if they weren't banned by the government. People have the means to protect themselves more so than any standing army or self-defense force could, you know, because they're separate from the local people. Maybe, you know, like a, a, a local neighborhood watch, an armed mini militia like that would be fine for, for a local community. That's fine to protect their local assets and whatnot. But anything more than that, I'd, I don't think is, is very necessary. So I, what is the agenda going forward that, uh, that Shinzo Abe wants? Uh, you know, if he wants to change the, con the Japanese constitution to reinstate a a, uh, a Japanese army again why what is the end goal here I mean Japan has fallen to number three in the world economy China surpassed them they Japan has never really been a, a friend of China or South Korea or North Korea or anything so Japan is kind of on its own out here in 
East Asia. They're, they're not very popular with other East Asian countries. So I can understand wanting to have a force uh, to truly defend its, itself. But if Mr. Abe is wanting to change the constitution to try and reinstate an army, what's his end goal here? What, what, is, he, what is he trying to do? I'm, uh, I'm very skeptical, I'm very suspicious of, of his aims. He is, um, he, 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 he is a very controversial figure. Um, not a lot of people like him, but enough people like him to where he keeps being uh, voted in to power. So he's now been prime minister, I believe, once back in the mid-2000s, and then he was re-elected again um, back in 2012, and he's been emperor, or, <laughs> he wants to be emperor, I think, uh, but he's been prime minister of Japan since 2012. So he, he's been in there. He's one of the longest serving uh, prime ministers in, in Japanese history, actually, um, consecutively, too. But a lot of people complain about him, but still somehow he continues on. So we're in the age of Abe still. And he's uh, he's quite the, uh, or he wants to be the buddy of, of uh, Donald Trump, as, as has been shown in the media. But... Anyway, enough about uh, Mr. Abe. In other news that's going around Japan now, um, Carlos Ghosn, who was the head of Nissan Mitsubishi Alliance and Renault as well, uh, he, uh, last November, he was uh, kicked out of all of his companies. He, you know, he, he was CEO of all of Nissan, Renault, and uh, Mitsubishi. He was kicked out of that. And he was arrested in November uh, because he was accused of falsifying um, his his taxes, apparently, um, or his earnings, sorry. Uh, he was falsifying his earnings from the companies and mismanaging his, his, his money there. Uh, this is what he's been accused of. And um, it has brought a spotlight on the Japanese judicial system and whether or not it's fair. So, if you don't know, Japan, in terms of crime, Japan is a very safe country. In terms of uh, violent crime, I should say. Um, there's very little violent crime in Japan. There's, you know, there's not a lot of, um, there's just not a lot of crime in general. But, when there is crime, there's almost a 99% conviction rate of all crimes. Whether the person is truly guilty of these crimes or not, who who knows? But um, the Japanese authorities are very notorious for um, detaining people who have been arrested indefinitely until they confess. Whether they've done the crime or not, well, they've confessed it, so they must be guilty, right? And, uh, you know... Uh, it seems a bit different in American culture now, but at least Americans still, at their core, try to believe that uh, people are innocent until proven guilty. Well, well, you know, in in modern day America, it's uh, you're you're guilty 
by media first, and then if you're found innocent, well, your reputation's still ruined. But in Japan, it's, it, it just seems it's always been, you know, if the image is, if you're arrested for something, well, you must you must be guilty, or else why would you be arrested for it, right? So that has led to actually a few people, a few innocent people being put in prison and uh, for a long time. So I, I actually, I believe recently there was a guy who was found guilty of murder and he served 30 years in Japanese prison, but he was later found not guilty of his crime after serving 30 years. Think about that. He lost 30 years of his life because they forced a confession out of him, but later on, DNA evidence proved his innocence. So, um, now, don't get me wrong. I love Japan. I love living in Japan. It's a safe country. I wouldn't still be living in Japan if I didn't enjoy living in the country. But that doesn't mean that it doesn't have its faults. And I think that one of the biggest the most atrocious things that goes on in this country is their justice system, or I should say their injustice system. So it's not just, it's just anyone who's arrested, there's a 99% chance that they will be convicted of their crime. So Carlos Ghosn, who is not Japanese, he's uh, Brazilian, Lebanese, and French nationality, but he, he was the CEO of Nissan, and Mitsubishi and Renault uh, car companies. He's credited as building the alliance between these car companies and, and the success that has brought. But there's been some internal conflicts uh, with people. And anyway, it was uh, he was accused of, of misrepresenting or misreporting his earnings, not filing his the appropriate taxes and whatnot. And he was in a Japanese detention center from November really until a couple of weeks ago he has not confessed he has claimed he has you know been steadfast in his innocence and he was finally able to get bail a couple of weeks ago on the condition that he he couldn't access the internet unless it was at his lawyer's office and he um he he couldn't there, there are a lot of restrictions. He couldn't leave the country and whatnot, but he was still free to, you know, visit his family and just kind of be free to do as he pleased within Japan, or within Tokyo at least. Well, then it gets very interesting here. On April 3rd, he announces on Twitter, which, keep in mind, he's not supposed to use the internet unless it's through his lawyers, right? So whether it's really him saying this or not, who knows, but uh, probably someone on his behalf. But uh, through Twitter, he announces that on April 11th, he will have a press conference announcing his innocence again, and he will name names on conspirators against him, and that he has proof of his innocence through this. In less than a day after this announcement, he is re-arrested not because he's used the, he's violated his bail and used the internet. No, no. He is rearrested on more charges that he has, uh, that he funneled money through the country of Oman, like Nissan funds through Oman, and then benefited 
his for for his personal gain. So it, it just seems like any time that he's up for like his uh, his arrest time is up and he they, they have to let him go because they haven't brought any charges against him they find something else to arrest him for to try and keep him indefinitely detained so this has brought the light on the national news front the amount of injustice that goes on in this country because what he has not actually officially been charged with any crime yet he has not really been truly free since November he's been detained he's had two weeks of freedom in that amount of time and they keep re-arresting him but they won't charge him for any crimes yet but in Japan you talk to everyday people who watch the media the news media here it's like oh yeah he's guilty he has why would he be arrested so many times if he was not guilty whether Carlos Ghosn is guilty or not I don't know I don't know if he's guilty or not because no one has seen any proof convicting him of any crime nor have they seen any proof you know uh, proving his innocence of any crimes right but the fact that the way he has been treated by authorities here has shown the, uh, the amount of uh, injustice and sort of medieval tactics that the judiciary system has in this country not only for foreigners but to Japanese citizens as well and that is that's that's in my opinion as beautiful and as lovely as a country as Japan is that is like egg on the face that is the shame of this nation I believe is there, there's a lot of no country is perfect no country is perfect. Every country has its good points. Every country has its bad points. But one of Japan's dark smears is their judiciary system and how they treat people who have been accused of crimes. Um, now, the French government has said they respect Japan's right to treat Carlos Ghosn however they wish because he's within their judiciary system don't necessarily agree with that but not only when Carlos Ghosn was re-arrested but his wife who's not suspected of any crimes at all her passport was taken by Japanese authorities why does she have anything she does she has nothing to do with this crime at all yet she is having her passport taken away she is having her rights violated just because she's married to Carlos Ghosn. Now, all I all I wish is he gets a fair trial. The evidence against him is presented, the evidence for his innocence is presented, and it is decided either by a jury or by a judge or whatever system they how they convict people here. Or, or exonerate them whatever whatever it's supposed to be that's how he should be treated and if if the evidence shows that he is guilty of these crimes then yes he should face the punishment for those crimes that's how justice in law should be 
but he's not getting that treatment. So if he is guilty of this, yes, he should be he should be punished for it and, and whatnot, right? Now, what his punishment should be, again, is up for debate. I think for nonviolent crimes, you know, people should not be locked up in a cage for such things. Uh, the only time people should be removed from society is if they're a, th a threat, either violent, a violent threat, a sexual threat, or whatever, you know, sort of threat to people. Yes, those people should be either temporarily or permanently removed from that society. But, if it's a non-violent crime, the only punishment should be compensation for whatever financial misdeeds they've done, right? And that that's just my opinion on, on the matter. So if he is, if, but if he is found guilty, then yes, he, he should, he should face some sort of punishment. That's just how justice works, right? But he's not even being treated fairly. So whether he's guilty or not, I support I support him in only in being treated fairly as anyone should be as any human being should be and the more I the more I look at the case the more and more I stand behind Carlos Ghosn in this case and uh, you know if he's brought to trial and he's found guilty then so be it I'll, I'll accept that uh, maybe I won't accept whatever punishment he gets, but at least I'll accept if the evidence is brought that he is guilty. But the way I look at it is he's if he's this steadfast in claiming his innocence, if he is this determined to prove his innocence that he's willing to give up months of his life, he's willing to endure this sort of punishment without even being convicted of any crime he has the conviction there there has that to me that just says something yeah it's arbitrary it does, there's no real concrete proof but in my opinion that goes a long way because the normal average person even if they're innocent would buckle under pressure and would give a, a confession a false confession but he hasn't so he has stayed strong in this so I uh I hope I hope he um he gets a fair shake in this whatever whatever the outcome. We'll see. I doubt it. I doubt I doubt he will, but hopefully this brings to light the issue of uh the injustice system that continues to go on in this country. And it's it's a shame because it's a lovely country. It's a beautiful country, beautiful people, and it's just a shame that these old draconian style ways of, of trying people for crimes is, is still not only practiced, but is just genuine, generally accepted by the local people. I just, I, I just shake my head at that in shame. It's, it's sad. It's sad. But, well, we'll see how that situation develops. Also, um, not really good or bad news. Interesting news. Uh, Japan has been uh, more and more getting involved with the uh, with um, with space. 
Now, they're not sending, I mean, yeah, they're sending um, astronauts to the International Space Station and whatnot, along with other countries, but they're not really, Japan's never really been at the forefront of space exploration. It's usually been just the U.S., uh, at one time Russia, and then I guess now uh, China and India are starting to dip their toes into the, those waters. Um, but Japan is now doing some things that I think is very interesting in terms of space, and they have now bombed an asteroid. They've, they've, they've sent a bomb into space and bombed an asteroid and created a crater in this asteroid. Now, the purpose of this is to collect samples of certain rocks, bring in, I, I believe, bring them back to Japan, back to Earth, really, and study them. And uh, this could eventually lead down the road to uh, space mining, space mining. And that's, uh, that's something that a lot of people, when they talk about space, they don't, they seem to bypass. You know, it's, it, most of the talk is putting, sending people back to the moon or sending people to Mars to colonize these places or space tourism or whatever, right? But uh, an area that a lot of people don't really talk about is space, like space commerce, right? So the Earth has finite resources and we're running out of these resources but space pretty much has almost an endless amount of these resources plus maybe some elements and rocks and resources that we don't even have on this planet so with Japan sending out this exploratory probe and, and, and bombing this asteroid it's kind of the first step in, in space mining I believe and if we can exploit more resources from space as opposed to depleting them from our own planet, I think that's uh, a better way to go about it. Um, because until we can live on other planets or other other bodies in space, then this is the only place that we have. So we might as well take care of this place and exploit asteroids which have no life forms on them uh, that at least intelligent life forms on them uh, exploit those to get the resources that we need so uh, kudos to Japan for that that is uh, that is a great great uh, great thing to hear but also Japan's been very good with uh, um, I forgot the uh, the name but basically they they have a satellite up in space that takes HD photographs of Earth every four minutes I believe so um, to all you flat earthers out there, huh, well, try and disprove all these uh, images coming from that, uh, that satellite. So, uh, anyway, that's, uh, there's, there's a few other news stories going around in Japan, but, uh, these were the biggest ones, the new era, Carlos Ghosn, the space exploration. So, uh, that's, that's all I have for today. Uh, there will be guests in the uh, in the coming weeks. There will be more guests, so stay tuned for that. But also, there will be podcasts like this where I talk about the the everyday uh, everyday the uh, the the goings on in Japan that not a lot of people talk about. So, uh, and anything that just captures my interest, I'll present to you guys. Um, so. 
if you enjoy the podcast, this is the part of the podcast, uh, I don't have any sponsors yet, but this is part of the podcast, which I talk to you about, uh, at least if you like it, share it around, give it the likes, give it the shares, blah, 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 you know the drill, um, and no, but I, I really mean that, I appreciate everyone who does listen to this podcast, I, I, I like you guys, thank you, uh, because without you, I wouldn't keep doing this. I've, I've gotten a lot of positive feedback about this podcast, so thank you guys very much for that. Thank you for continuing to listen to this, and uh, uh, please keep enjoying the podcast. So, without further ado, I'll leave that, I'll leave it at that, and I'll see you guys next time.